and then thinking about, hey, I also got to be ready at 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, <clears throat> I've been reading through and studying Philippians with some of the groups, our 12 and 23 and the youth. And we've been in the first chapter we just started about letting your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And that song just popped up on my drive this morning. It didn't play. I just began to think, of, let them see you and me. Let them. I, that was the, the one line that kept. I wasn't sure exactly how the rest of the song went. But that one line, let them see you and me. So I, I looked up the lyrics, played the song, and then that's when I text Addie to ask if she could sing it for us tonight. And so I want to turn, you can turn to Philippians chapter 1, we'll read verse 27, but letting our conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And I just began to think about it when, when I listened, heard, seen the lyrics and kind of was putting together that song and let them see you and me. It's been... All of my life, really, at least from what I can remember, that when I go places, when I do things, are you Rob Pierce's son? Are you Rob Pierce's son? Are you a Pierce? Uh, but even as recent as just the last few weeks when we went, the youth did a Cleora, uh, like a winner, I guess, a winner VBS for Cleora as they was having a revival with their adults we took their kids and did a little like mini vbs and one of the the people that i met he was doing the revival and he said are you rob pierce's son you just kind of look like him and i said yeah that's i get that a lot uh and then it was a couple weeks earlier at the fields of faith they didn't tell me but one of the other locust grove staff members told marissa uh, after the day after at school, man, I didn't realize that uh, Trenton sounds just like Rob when he's got the mic, and he just he sounds like him, and kind of his mannerisms are the same. And then another one that I get a lot, not dad, but still family, is everyone uh, used to tell me that I walked just like Ray Barnes. Man, you just kind of you guys just kind of walk the same, you kind of look the same, your mannerisms as you the way you hold and carry yourself. And so we kind of, I just begin to think about that. Like we have those people, family members, mostly parents, usually if we're around them and we look up to them uh, and we kind of try to mimic or imitate the way that they do because they're our mentors, they're people we look up to. And as Christians, it should be the same. Just like I go places and say you look like uh, Rob Pierce or you look like a Pierce or just like I go places or well the one I love to do is when I still lived at home I answered the phone and just hello and when people took off talking and like they were talking to my dad I never even let them know the difference and when they got all done I said well dad's not here but I'll let him know uh, and sound like uh, just like him on the phone and as Christians here in Philippians, when Paul says, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, I couldn't help but think of that song and kind of put the two together. Man, I want, when I go places and the way I live my life, people to say, are you a child of God? Because when I go places, the way that I act, the way that I live, the way that I talk, 
uh, they see him and they hear him and they feel him when I come into the room. And so letting our conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, I'm going to read chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 27 through the end of the chapter 30, I think, three or four verses here, and then we'll kind of jump into it. It says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit and with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God, for you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. So when it comes to letting our conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, yes, we want to look like him, we want to live like him, we want people to hear him when we talk, we want our talk to mimic him and imitate him, we want our walk to imitate and and mimic him. But I just see a few things after Paul says, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ that we can apply to our life both kind of as individuals and as a body uh, that can help us to let our conduct, the way we act, the way we behave, be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Because we've all heard it, people's going to listen or people's going to do way more of what you're doing than they will listening to what you're saying. So we want our conduct to match the, the Jesus that we talk about. And so, number one, we see Paul says you need to be united together. We need to walk in unity as brothers and sisters. It says there in verse 27, uh, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I've heard of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. We need to walk in unity. It was the father that caught his two sons fighting out in the backyard, and they'd already been in trouble for fighting a few days earlier, and he had disciplined them, couldn't figure out. So finally he just walked out there and he grabbed a stick, and he handed it to one of the boys. He said, break this. And the kid took it and breaked it kind of with a grim, a, a little bit of a, a grin. Like, yeah, what, did you think I couldn't break a stick? And so he picked up two sticks, handed them to him. He said, break those. Took the two, broke them. Picked up three, break them. He broke them, still kind of smiling like, ha, I got you. You thought I couldn't break. Four, five, six. And as it gets higher and higher, you can tell... The look on the son's face is getting harder and harder, and he's kind of wondering, okay, what's going on here? Finally, the seventh stick, he says, break these seven sticks. He takes them with everything he's got. He's trying to use his leg. He's trying to break them and can't do it. Finally, he says, "What? I can't do it. What do you want me to do? You defeated me. And he says, father replied back to both of his sons, a house divided cannot stand. You can be defeated when you're taking on things one by one or one-on-one, but if you stand together, united strength, united in your strength, you will cause your enemies to have second thoughts. And that should be how we should be uh, as Christians. We, could, we should come together in one spirit, standing fast in one spirit, and that is the Spirit of God, with one mind, striving together. And we'll find that we'll strive 
will uh, have success way more when we come together rather than if we're trying to go out and attack this world, attack the devil one-on-one. Uh, we'll do much better when we come together and do it with unity, when we walk in unity, uh, when we walk together for the cause of Christ. And so we need unity. We need to come together. And Paul says that I want to know that you guys are standing fast in one spirit. That is the spirit of the Lord. I want to know that you guys are coming together in one mind, and that is the mind. Remember, we're all one body with many parts. It takes the whole church uh, to do what we do, to put on a Sunday service. It takes the whole church to put on uh, revivals. It takes the whole church to put on basketball tournaments. It takes the whole church to put on rodeos. It takes the whole church coming together for the faith of the gospel, right? Because that's the common goal. We're trying to advance the gospel. We're trying to see people come to know Jesus. And so if we want our conduct to be worthy of the gospel of Christ, we need to be united together. And so... Unity, But then number two, we see that we need to be bold. We need boldness in our conduct. Right? God's given us the power. He's given us the boldness to walk and face the devil and the demons of hell. Verse 28 says, And not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which to them is proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. So we need boldness. This week, or this month, excuse me, has been our kind of our mission month. We've prayed. We got the, the I Commit to Pray and the tent list of things. And one of the things that those, our brothers and sisters overseas in heavily persecuted areas pray for is boldness. They don't ask for it to stop. They ask for the boldness to continue to share the gospel, to continue to stand firm in the faith uh, amidst all the persecution and all the opposition that they face. And that's Philippians here. One, Paul writes the letter from prison. He writes the letter from a place where he's had major opposition uh, with trying to share the gospel, with trying to see people saved, with trying to advance the kingdom. But in the midst of his opposition, he, he shares back in verse 12, hey, this has turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. That They've tried to stop me. They've tried to throw me in prison. But what I've found is, man, when I'm locked up, there's a prison guard right here beside me, and I have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. And then I got the fellow prisoners that come in here that I have the opportunity to share the gospel with them. He's bold in his witness. And that boldness becomes contagious if you read the first part of that chapter. He, he's bold, he's sharing the gospel, and in his sharing, people are seeing it seeing the boldness that, that Paul has even in his chains, and they begin to share the gospel. They begin to go speak the gospel and the good news of Christ as well. And so we need boldness. But then also he says that they're, they're kind of suffering some of the same things here in Philippi, right? So you're suffering for Christ's sake. And so he's telling them, don't let it, uh, don't let it stop you from being bold in your witness. And when we're bold, it says, for our adversaries, it is proof for them of perdition, which is destruction. I had to go look up perdition because I didn't know what it meant when I first read it. But it's destruction. And when we're bold and we don't compromise in our faith, when that opposition comes, uh, when we 
stand fast, when we stand firm in our beliefs and in our faith, we show our enemies, we show our flesh, we show the devil, we show the world uh, that ultimately their end is destruction. They can only do one thing to us as Christians, and that is to try to intimidate us and cause us to be fearful and not go advance the gospel. And when we overcome that fear with boldness to share, uh, they know destruction's coming. The end, uh, that's the end of them. And that's what I love. David Giesick, uh shared, and I basically just summarized it, but when Christians stand strong against intimidation of the world, the flesh, and the devil, it shows the spiritual enemies that their ultimate destruction is certain. When our spiritual enemies fail to make us afraid, they have, failed to compl- they have failed completely because they really have no other weapon other than fear and intimidation. So when we conduct ourselves with boldness, we have the same power that rose Jesus from the grave. And when we do so, it shows the enemy ultimately destruction is coming. So let's not give the enemy hope. Let's be bold. Let's not compromise in our face. Let's boldly go out and proclaim to our family, to our friends, to a lost and dying world, the gospel, the good news, that they need Jesus and the hope that he gives uh, in the midst of the opposition and the destruction that they're trying to cause. And so we need to be bold. But then number three, we need to suffer for the sake of Christ. Verse 29 says, For you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and is now here in me. So, when we're bold, sometimes it means we may have to suffer. And if you take this translation of suffer and some of the other places it's used in the Bible, it can be suffering in different ways. We can suffer... Uh, and bring glory to God through our suffering by one, persecution, which is what's happening here. The opposition, the enemy is coming in, and they're throwing people in prison, they're beating people, uh, they're fighting uh, and opposing the gospel that is being preached, and that happens. That happens, we heard uh, Brian uh, talk about it Wednesday. That happens all over the world, some places more than others, and it happens here in the U.S. even. And he talked about the two, there's smash persecution and there's uh, squeeze persecution, right? And in America, it's more squeeze. They're trying to keep us, squeeze us, uh, and keep us from being bold, keep us from proclaiming Jesus to a lost and dying world, where some other places it's more smash, where they're just coming in and they're uh, killing, imprisoning, beating, and really uh, heavily persecuting uh, the people who are, who are proclaiming Christ. So we can have suffering because of persecution. That's when we boldly share, even when facing the beatings, the rejection, uh, the imprisonment. And that is still glorifying God. That's suffering, but it brings God glory. And ultimately, people uh, see it and are moved by it and are saved by it. But then, two, we can see it as suffering uh, from temptation. Because we know, we talked about this morning, our flesh, and it's weak. Uh, it's weak as in we struggle. Uh, it's strong, but it's weak. 
kind of doesn't make sense, does it? It's strong as in its desires to do what it wants is very strong, and it's weak as in uh, we have a hard time overcoming it. Uh, and so it's the temptations that we face. Each and every day we have them. Uh, some of those can be those addictions that people have. Man, I think a big one maybe today is these right here. This has so many temptations on it, uh, and just the temptation of it itself. People sit and spend hours and hours and hours on this. Uh, the temptations uh, that come with uh, addictions, drugs, alcohol, pornography, sexual sin. Uh, the temptations that come through, as Glenn talked about, just loving that coconut cream pie uh, and having to fight the temptation and the urge to have another slice and another slice before you've gone and ended up eating the whole pie. Uh, and so it can be temptation that we suffer for the sake of Christ, but it brings Him glory because we overcome it by uh, staying in tune and in touch with the Lord and not falling into the temptation, but overcoming it in the name of the Lord and bringing Him glory through it. But then also, in our situations, uh, that is the hardships that we go through. It can be the suffering, like bad doctor's reports. Again, it seems like our, our church family, those close to us, have had a lot of those recently. Uh, it can be just the daily stresses of life. You've had a bad day. Uh, things don't go. You, you spilt your coffee on the way to work, and now you don't have your caffeine, and now you got a headache, and now it just seems like you've off to a bad start, and the rest of the day goes bad. But we are still called, even in the midst of those hardships, to live a life that brings God glory, to conduct ourselves even on those bad days, even through those hardships, even through those struggles, those bad situations, we conduct ourselves in a way uh, that is still worthy of the gospel, that still points to Jesus, that still brings people closer to Jesus, that still shines the light of Jesus uh, to a lost and dying world. And so we have our situations that can uh, be maybe suffering or hard for us to go through, but it can still bring God glory. And so we have many different ways of suffering that can bring God glory. And Paul says, hey, you should, you should be blessed. You should take privilege, take honor in the fact that it's been granted to you, is how he words it here in Philippians. It's been granted to you not only to believe in him. Yes, we get to believe in him as our Lord and Savior, trust in him, but also we get to suffer for his, his sake. We get to go through, through these things uh, and give him glory and let him bring us through them and come out on the other end of them with these testimonies of what he's done for us in our lives. And so we should uh, have the right attitude as we go through them. And that's just more pr proof of how we are conducting ourselves worthy of the gospel. And then, lastly, and I'll be done, I knew I wouldn't be long, is, and then we're going to jump back up to verse 27, this conduct that's worthy of the gospel, we need to walk in unity, we need to walk in boldness, we need to walk and strive and suffer and bring God glory in our sufferings. But then, fourthly, it needs to be at all times. Paul was like the mentor to this church. He was the leader for this church. 
And he says right there in verse 27, after he says, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, he says, whether I come and see you or am absent. It should be at all times. I was asking Marissa, I couldn't remember exactly how it was worded. I said, what's that? What's the thing they say about character? What's the thing they say about character? It's not when... uh, And so I had her look it up. All right, it says, a, a true, the true character of a man is not defined by what he does in front of a crowd, but instead by what he does when no one else is around. And <clears throat> that's what Paul's saying right here. I just get a sense. He's saying, whether I'm there or not, whether I'm there to help mentor and disciple you and keep you headed in the right direction, or I'm not because I'm here and I'm doing God's work elsewhere, he's got me uh, sharing to these people in prison. He's got me sharing to these pe- prison guards. Whether I'm there or whether I'm not, I want to know, I want to hear that you are striving together in Christ, that you are living a life that's worthy of the conduct of, uh, wor- that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. I want to know that you are being bold. I want to know that you are uh, bringing God glory through your suffering. And so it should be at all times. Uh, there's not a day that goes by that we don't need to battle uh, to make sure, battle the flesh, battle the, the devil and the demons of hell to make sure that our conduct is worthy. Because uh, that, that original, that Greek word conduct uh, goes back, if you look it up, it, it refers to like your citizenship. So if we think our citizenship uh, here in, in the U.S., we have to live, there's certain things we must do. There's certain standards we have to live up to uh, to be a citizen of the United States of America. Well, he has a whole, whole book of how we need to strive to be a good citizen of the kingdom of God. And so it should be always, at all times, we are conducting ourselves worthy of the gospel of Christ. And that's together with boldness, even in the midst of our suffering. And so as Addie comes, short, yes, but hopefully it's a challenge that as we go out these doors through this week, we will strive to let our conduct match the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we're out there talking about it, sharing Jesus with other people, we need to also be living it. And I hope and pray, just as the song Addie sang, that, hey, I want them to see him in me. When I go about my life, when I step in a room, I want them to see him in me. I want them to hear him when I'm speaking, and I want them to feel him when I'm in their presence. Uh, And so as everyone stands, heads bowed, eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never been saved, if you've never had that moment when you've asked him to forgive you, repented, and come into your life, We can show you how to do that tonight. I know it's a Sunday night crowd. Most probably have. But for the Christians, how's your conduct? Is it measuring up to the gospel of Christ? Maybe you need to come ask God to help you through this week. Father, I come to you. Thank you for your goodness, your grace. Just pray that you would just help us to respond in a way that's pleasing to you. Lord, I pray that as we leave out of here, that we would all, myself included, Walk in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen.
You can be seated. I'm just going to pray for us and we can be dismissed. I don't think we don't do announcements on Sunday nights, right? Father, I come to you. I just thank you again for your goodness, your grace. Lord, I just thank you for uh, this group of brothers and sisters that come tonight. Lord, I just pray that you would be with them as they go out of here. Lord, just be with them as they go through they're weak, just the daily stresses and struggles that life can bring. Be with any of those prayer requests that may have been unspoken. Lord, be with our, our uh, brothers and sisters going through the, the disease, cancer. Father, it's just eaten up some of those close to us. Father, I just pray that you would just be with them, touch them, heal them like only you can, Father. I just pray that you would help us as we go out here to let our conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just pray that you would be glorified through how we live. In Jesus' name, amen.